Welcome to the Community Builder Podcast. The world is our classroom, and every moment is an opportunity to understand human connection at a newer level. On this podcast, we'll explore the minds of active community builders as they strive to leave their imprint on the world. host, Travis King. Let's build. So my first question is like, what is Tennessee like? The first thing I Googled, I just came up Chattanooga, enjoy the summer sound. Is it just all happiness all the time? I don't get it. So I'm going to tell you that the, the mentality and the way of life and the people in the South are totally different than what we're used to from where we're from in the Northeast and kind of that go, 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 go mentality. Not that there's a lack of that down here, but the term Southern hospitality is real and it is live and well down here. That is for sure. Interesting. So like, give me an example. What's something now that like maybe up North where we're from might look at as crazy or something that someone does down South that people up North just don't ever do nowadays? I, I won't I won't say that this is crazy, but the the best example that I can come up with, and you know, for the Philly area, New York, you know, the city areas that we're used to, you're walking on a street in between work or in between breakfast or going to meet somebody or or whatever the situation is, you're walking along the street. Here's the comparison: is that up north, people are dialed into their phone or they're looking straight down at where they're walking. Here. People say hello. They excuse themselves out of their way if they're in the middle of the sidewalk. They'll acknowledge you. They'll nod. It's just a different type of acknowledgement to connection than I've been used to. And I, I haven't experienced the North in probably about five, six years now. I haven't lived up there. But that, would I would say, is the most noticeable change for me is that there's just more care, almost more quality control in a sense. Interesting. And when you say quality control, does that mean something that's kind of like a communal norm or is this something that's like enforced by the government? <laughs> totally like self-inflicted. It's just a part of the community. It's just kind of how you're, you're raised and how you're built. Of course, there's parts of anywhere. I live, you know, I live in Chattanooga. There's parts that aren't that great or you don't want to really want to hang around or, you know, you're going to find that kind of stuff anywhere, but it just seems like the upbringing is totally different. And obviously I'm biased towards my own experience and, and that's what I know, but it just seems like it's in, it's entrenched. It's something that's entrenched to say, okay, hey, we take care of people. You know, we acknowledge people. The quality of my life is going to be the quality of how I treat other people. Wow. I'm really curious what opportunity led you to Tennessee. You were just in Florida, living the fish in life, and then – now, next thing you know, you're in a whole other state. Like, what led you to Tennessee? Yeah. Well, well, Travis, I mean, first thing is, is you know, after just listening to a few of your podcasts, I feel like I'm I'm the wrong guest. Like, you picked the wrong guy to have on there. I haven't written any books yet. You know, I haven't started any companies. You know, I haven't done any of those things that some of your awesome guests have done. So, first of all, thank you for having me on. Makes me feel kind of special. <laughs> 
I'd say that my journey is my journey's just been different. Like I said, I haven't started any of those companies or written a book or anything like that, but I have done a lot and I've experienced a lot and it's just kind of taking a journeyman approach, not to get like long, long story short, but you know, being an only child from Wilmington, Delaware, product of divorced parents, there's always been this what is there? What is out there? Like what what am I supposed to be doing? And I thought for the longest time that it was football. I thought that was that's what it was going to be. I was going to be a football coach. It's just that's how it's going to work. And then it got to a point where I was like, you know what? There's like 10 other things that I want to try. So ended up in Florida, never knew how to fish. I mean, I didn't know anything about boats or anything like that and just fell in love with it. I don't know how you, you don't fall in love with palm trees and, and the ocean, but loved the fishing, uh, learned a ton about that whole world. Continued to coach high school ball. Football's always been a part of my life. It's kind of changed from being a fan to being a coach. It's been work and all that. So long story short, to, to lead up here is, you know, I guess there's two kind of, there's, there's really two things. QBIQ is one of, one of my ventures that I'm working on. And then also Waypoint TV. And I've kind of tied two of my passions together on one being the football side and the coaching side. And the other space being the outdoor fishing, hunting, adventure space. So now having both of those verticals as my jobs, it's almost like I'm living this fake life of just making the stuff that I like to do my work. So that's kind of what brought me to Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's a great central point for a lot of the football things that I'm doing. It's also where our headquarters are for Waypoint TV right here in Chattanooga. So that's kind of the 30,000-foot view of, of the journey from Wilmington, Delaware, to, to Tennessee. Man. Man, this <laughs> but, is exciting. Well, I'll tell you, it, it is exciting. exciting, and it's chaotic, and it's – I won't use the, the word stressful because I think that's self-inflicted, but, you know, it's just different. I can't say uh, I'm – I've made a ton of money or I'm making a ton of money or anything, but I tell you, Trevor, I'm experiencing a ton. Like I said, from being an only child, product of divorced parents, I've learned to really just value relationships. I think that's the meaning of life is relationships. The more quality relationships you can have, regardless of where those are or where they take place or what job you're doing, that ultimately makes things worthwhile. I'm 100% on board with with quality relationships. From here, my question to you is where would you like to go first? You want to go into the QB IQ or would you like to go into the Waypoint TV world? The QB IQ, man, it's crazy how it's involved. Long story short, it is a pre-snap reading system. It is a teaching resource, a developmental tool for coaches and players all over the football world. So kind of how that got started, my partner in that, Chris Hickson, he is a former professional quarterback. He kind of developed this system. I was like, dude, this is amazing. It's gonna, it can help a ton of people. So I linked up with him about a year and a half ago, and we've just tried to grow it, just tried to evolve it. And we have, and we've made a lot of mistakes, and we've done things or we thought that we were a certain thing, and we learned that that's not the direction that we're going. So we've had to shift gears, and it's been a crazy journey. So really what it does is it's a system that individual players, individual coaches, and then also football teams can implement into their program without changing any of their 
without changing the way they teach or without changing uh, any of their terminology or plays or anything like that and just enhances their process of development and learning. It's literally a pro approach to how to learn offensive football, in a sense. So we've got a lot of great reception to it. We've got probably about 20 to 25 colleges using the system, a little over 150 high schools in the United States, about eight professional teams in Europe that are using the system, endorsements from coaches like Hugh Freeze, former Ole Miss coach, currently Josh Dobbs plays quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He uses QBIQ. And probably the most exciting thing of, of late that we've partnered with Trent Dilfer. Trent is his guy. Most people probably know him from ESPN. But if you're a football person, he runs the entire Elite 11 quarterback camp, which is a huge deal and will has a Super Bowl run himself when he played with the Ravens. Anything and anywhere about quarterback, Trent Dilfer is the guy. Kind of a no-brainer for us to, to connect with him and really excited about where that's going to go. So in addition to kind of the system and everything we're doing, you know, we've got, we put on camps. We put on specialized quarterback camps. It's not just you know, technique and throwing and field work and stuff that you see all over the place. But we literally implement the QBIQ system and teaching them classroom information, the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, cerebral mindset. That's kind of what where our focus is. July, man, we're in Tampa, we're in Rhode Island, we're in Boston, we're in Houston and Dallas for the whole month of July running camp. So really excited about that and looking forward to seeing where we can go with it. Awesome, man. That's wild for me like that's super impressive because like i'm thinking back like when i was playing ball we had i used huddle and that was like as close as we got and like using the typical you know methods of reviewing film with your coach but now you're bringing this whole different approach that the pros use and you're leveling it so like kids and upcoming athletes can use it that's exciting because now not only are you bringing the high-level skills that people who won Super Bowl rings use to the masses, but you're also doing it at just the right level for the athlete. Like, you're training them from wherever they're at and then teaching them the fundamentals to help get them to the, the next best level. And you're measuring it. So one thing I'm super curious about is this. Before QB IQ score, like, you know, you, you have the score that you take before they are using the system, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 100%. That's that's a, a a great piece there. First thing that we do with these guys is we'll give them the baseline test on some QBIQ knowledge and then go through the teaching process, go through the camp, and then they'll take the test again, and then we'll see the progress. Typically, it's, it's a lot of progress. So what's cool about it is the first test, the baseline test, these guys will score like 30s or like 20s or 30s or something like that. And then the second test, you'll see 70s, 80s, and, and up. So that's really cool of testing the progress. And actually going off onto that point a little bit more is everything that we're creating right now is being developed in a digital format. So when teams start to integrate this into their to their offense, that's something that they'll have available within the, the digital system to be able to constantly test their guys to make sure that pro- progress is being made. Basically, you're saying I actually had an I, I talked about this about with my um, one of my buddies, and I was like, "Yo, could you imagine if there was like in real life like Madden stats on how fast I could run, how high I could jump, how fast I could read? 
if the, you know, tight end was going to actually block down or, you know, go up for, you know, that quick little go route. Is this what you're doing? In a sense, but not the physical attributes. Ours is all from the shoulders up. It's all. Okay. All right. So we're we're literally talking about. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about coverage identification, what routes work into what defenses, QBIQ concepts. We've got this whole process kind of chapter by chapter laid out, and we're measuring the results of the information that they're gathering from that platform. Interesting. So I guess are the numbers and the, the data in that, is that something that you're really, like, fond of, or is that something that someone else takes care of? So that is really for the personal use for the player's use or for the coach's use or for the team's use. I don't necessarily, you know, we don't necessarily need to know the numbers. We just want to be updated and uh, we want to receive feedback on, okay, is it working? Is it not working? If it's not working, why not? You know, I don't necessarily need to know you got eight out of 10 wrong on chapter one's test. Okay, that's fine. But is the overall information working? From this far, it's it's 100%. You know, from 10 years old to pros. It's something that, like I said, is a vital development resource, teaching resource for coaches and players, just like anything else, Travis, just like any other product that we buy in the world, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. You know, you could purchase the system and look at it once a month. You're not going to get anything out of it, right? It's It's just like anything else. It's as much as you put into it. But if you uh, if you sit down and you go through it, man, it it makes like like th- like back in the day when we were playing, like I'm like, dude, I wish I had this when I was playing. I would have been so much smarter, or at least I wish I had my coach had it so he could teach me. I mean, it just makes things so simple from a quarterback, offensive coach, you know, offensive skill player mindset. It's just so simple, and it's not any information that created that none of that that we don't know it's just put in a platform that you can learn it all in one spot now instead of playing football for 12 years and making it to your senior year in college and saying man okay now i know some things that i didn't know well now you can be a freshman in high school and know those same things it's funny you say that because i was just thinking the other day too when i messaged you i was like man like i used to love bro i was like the nerdiest football player ever like, I would watch film till no end. And, like, no, I literally would tell my linebackers what play was coming next. And for all those right. people that don't believe me, like, go ask the people I played with. And, like, I'll let, it, I'll let it be there. And if I didn't, they knew that, like, if I messed up, I held myself accountable. But, nonetheless, the time spent watching film, I feel, is one of the things that, yeah, I wish I had right up there with you. Like, had I seen some of the stuff that I'm looking at now, I would have been on – Ten other levels. <laughs> and you know this. You know this of being a football player and especially playing in college. When you get to that point, you look at football differently. I can still hang out with the boys and watch a game, you know, but we look at it differently than just a fan, you know, and that's good and bad. You know, that kind of what, what has led to me of eight, year, eight straight years of coaching now. This past fall was my first year not coaching, so it's been a little different, Ooh. but it just became such work. And, and I, I get it. You know, that's, that's the, that's the environment. I'm not complaining at all. It's just, you have to look at it so differently that it just became not that enjoyable anymore. So kind of taking a step back and not having to be in the grind as much and taking this approach with QBIQ to where we do some camps, 
you know, we do some training. I teach some online classes with some of these guys that, that, uh, from around the country that, that come on to QBIQ and want to learn with a coach still keeps me in that mentorship role, keeps me in that coach role. But, you know, selfishly, I don't have that hundred hour a week grind of coaching positions and putting an offense together and game plans and all that stuff. Ooh, sorry. You just put some stress on my neck. I'm like, eek. Okay. I Dude, it, you know it. You know it, man. Those were long weeks. <laughs> yeah, they definitely were long weeks. Because sometimes even felt when I was playing, I, I semi felt like I was a coach too. It just is how yeah. I thought. Like I was like, all right, well, if we're doing this, I know our offense is weak, so we're definitely gonna have to like not let them score. Like for real though. <laughs> right. Well, and I, what was great is the, the, your college clips from yesterday that I watched. I think it was, it might have been the first clip or like the second or third clip was just a, a nice, easy little pick six that you had. I mean, had to throw that in there, of course. Oh, oh yeah. I, appreciate that. And it's, it's just those little like, <laughs> all right, like I see you're about to throw this out route. I hope we don't throw this out route. Yo, he just threw this out route right to me. And yeah, man, and I, I, I I don't know if I watched it long enough to see what coverage you guys were in, but that quarterback was so late on that ball. Not to take any stardom away from you, but so late on that ball, and the ball was way behind and inside, and he kind of just laid it there for you. Yeah, honestly, I think we were playing cover three, and typically I played strong safety. So, I, bro, I would always – I played in D3, so I would always roll down and usually had to make the other person stop me from making the play. That's how I. That's my mentality right. when I played safety. So nine times out of ten, I probably was rolling down. I saw that they were in either twins or if they were in trips. I knew this little skinny kid was getting the ball in the out route, and I think like the next play, I like clocked him anyway. So it was either he's getting hit really hard or it's going to be an interception. That's knowing what's going to happen before it happens. Pre-snap, knowing what's about to happen. That's what we're talking about. I felt like I was cheating. I felt like it wasn't fair at some point. But I was like, all right, this isn't as fun as I wanted it to be. But, you know, I yeah. got to play football and do track. So that's what you get when you get to go to D3. And if you wanted to do, like, more, like, you could put focus on more. But that's just the, the game I wanted to play, right? Like, I wanted to do two sports, still had time with my friends, but didn't want to overtake it. But I do do think and reminisce on what it would be like if I had focused on one. I'm very interested to see what would have happened. We'll never know. Yeah, man. I, you know, I think that's a great question for yourself, you know, and there's no right answer. I think we all kind of look at that a little bit for those that, that were athletes or whatever else, you know, what would have happened if I did this or that. But it sounds like that you made the right choice for you. You enjoyed the experience. You gained from the experience. What else can we ask for? I can't ask so much. I'm just thankful that, you know, I got the opportunity to keep playing and, I had coaches that wanted to put work into me and had people around me that helped me become better. Like I remember, shout out to Spencer Brown, my um, old strength conditioning coach from my senior year. This man turned me into a machine. Just sickening work ethic that he put into me. Now looking back at it, like I would have been nothing without all the coaches that, you know, made me into the athlete that I was. So you're putting all of these years of experience from people who performed at all these different levels and packaging it up in a way that these next generation of athletes are going to be able to use to, you know, take their game skills to the next level, while also, like, creating a life for yourself 
that literally makes you the happiest kid on the planet. You get to play football when you want, and you get to go and play outside when you want. But I don't even know how else to describe like happiness if that's not what it is. And well, and and that's that's a good point. And a couple things from that uh, that segment right there is, you know, talking about your strength coach and the impact that he had on you. How much? I have a quick question for you: is what what of that has translated to how you approach life, or what life lessons did you get from that experience? That yeah, it was focused on football and focused on making you a strong athlete. There's got to be mindset lessons that you took from that. A hundred percent. Spencer turned me into a savage. Like, I was literally the almost like the guy you didn't want to be around on the football team. Like, honestly, like, I was very happy. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I was happy, loved everybody. I'm a people person always. However, when it came to football, I was a different type of beast. Like, I was the one that you know, everyone would be like, oh, man, Travis is, like, wanting to do this thing again. And, like, nobody wanted to do it. But, like, I would always do it because Spencer told us that, like, I know what you need to make you the best version of yourself on this football field. That's just, yeah. like, kind of where he set the base for me. So, for for when I, like, think about when I'm in other arenas that aren't the football field, I have to, like – level set because like people don't know that like you were trained to kill on the football field i mean i'm sure you saw some of those hits too like i'm not gonna put myself on a pedestal but i will say that like when i hit you you knew it was me that's kind of what he instilled inside of me and taking that to the world today it's just like yeah no like i'm gonna perform at the highest level i can with all the training and know that i'm here and if you don't know who i am like you'll find out eventually that's awesome. Yeah. I like now, like looking back at all these experiences and, and all the stuff that we've done in our lives, it's, it's cool for me to kind of reminisce and say, okay, what, what, what is relatable now? You know, what, what have I been able to take from that? Even if it was a traumatic experience, you know, what, what have I, you know, what am I able to take from that and say, how is it relevant in my life today? And what did I gain from it? And is there, do I have any control over this aspect? You know, so it's always interesting to me to find mental lessons or mindset lessons from experiences or people that we've met, you know, through our journeys. But to kind of segue into the last part that you had mentioned about you know, happiness, it's crazy. You know, it's, yeah, you know, you said playing outside, you know, running around doing football stuff. I mean, you know, when we train with Josh Dobbs, I just run routes and catch passes from Josh Dobbs. I'm like, this job sucks, <laughs> you know? So it, it's, it's crazy, like, although all these things seem super cool, and that's why, like, I tell people, you know, with this Instagram world now and all this stuff, you, everybody posts their happy pictures and, you know, the facade of everything is good. You know, that's just not the case. And, you know, I tell people who are like, oh, man, like, you lived in the Keys, you're fishing, you now you're doing football, and it just sounds awesome. Like, I tell people I'm the best actor in the world. And... Uh, not necessarily oh, that I'm acting or that I'm hiding anything, but I'm the best actor in the world because everything's not peachy. Everything's not good. I'm not 100% happy. I'm not always happy. I've got major, major struggles. I've got major issues that I've got to handle both presently and, and things from the past. And I mean, that's stuff that I battle with every day and it's super relevant, but 
it's almost, it just becomes a choice and I'm not very good at it all the time, but it just becomes a choice and that it gets back to the mindset. Okay. It gets back to the mindset of saying, okay, my thoughts, you know, this stuff, it's all choice. I can choose to let this, you know, strangle me and, and overwhelm me or I can choose to say, Hey, it is what it is. And I'm going to just keep focusing on whatever my goals, whatever my mission is. And that's a lot easier said than done, but kind of talking about the happiness part is that, yeah, you know, everything's not peachy, everything's not great, but being a great actor. And I don't mean that in like a derogatory way of everything's awful. And I'm just, I'm a fake, but you have to be an actor sometimes, you know, you got to put a smile on and, and deal with stuff. And we all, we all have our stuff, some more than others, but you can all fold, if you can fold it neatly, put it in the, in the luggage and zip it up. You're a lot further along than, than where you were probably. Yeah, man, I 100% agree with that because it's something that I went through. It's kind of exactly why the podcast started in a way, because I went through like a phase of that to sum it up real quick. And basically it was like, man, I need to start going and exploring different worlds to figure out like how to be happier in different places because there's so many different worlds in New York up here that like, I'm like, Whoa, I don't know anything. And so if I don't know anything about different worlds, then like, I got to find a way to learn it. So like one of the things that I spent a lot of time doing over the last year was like diving deep into like the feelings and emotions of uh, the people that were close around me. Now looking back at it, it's like, Oh wow. Like I was programmed in a way that, led me to share my emotions and now i know that like that's really hard for a lot of people to do nowadays and i got to slow down sometimes with trying to dig to the deepest pieces of people's stories immediately and just learn to get there when the time's right because the time's not always when you think it is sometimes people need you know a couple you know minutes or a couple months or a couple years just to get to the time that they're really willing to talk about it with themselves, let alone with the world. So I totally feel you on the, you know, having your stuff and, you know, everything that being PC and having to also be, you know, somewhat of an actor, but not really. You're just being real, man. And that's what I love about you. Yeah. And that's the, one of the things that I wish more people could understand. Like, yo, like we are all humans and we all have flaws. Let's not hide them. It's going to get to a point where you're going to see certain things on Instagram and you're going to know that that actually means something completely different. It's not that crazy now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And, and dude, I love the, I love the term that you said you're programmed, you know, to kind of share your feelings or emotions or programmed to be a certain way almost. And, you know, I kind of translate that as, and this is something I say all the time, our upbringing, you know, is how we were brought up, our conditioning and, you know, conditioned a certain way. And, and that has to do with your parents and your peers and your environment and all that, all that stuff. And when you grow up and I don't consider myself an adult, I consider myself a grown kid, but it, it's how Same. things change and your perspective changes and you, and you see things differently. But to get away from that conditioning can be so difficult sometimes if it was very ingrained and entrenched. It can create a lot of conflict. And kind of as what you're saying is that you, you get too deep sometimes and you've just got to step back and be more patient. And 
you know, that just comes from you being programmed and conditioned a certain way that other people were not. You know, I know this isn't like a psychology deal or anything, but we could talk hours about all that stuff. It's just, you know, like I've, like I've mentioned a couple of times, being an only child and a product of divorced parents, man, I've looked back now and I'm like, dude, I could be a professional psychologist. I don't have a degree or anything in it, but from the stuff that I've gone through, man, I could talk to anybody about anything. So, yeah, I mean, it was cool to hear you say programmed. You know, that's, uh, I like that, that term. Thanks, man. And it's, it's interesting you say the thing about psychology because I was just talking to another buddy who felt similarly about the topic of audio, and I was like, dude, just start a podcast. Dude, that advice is great because I'll get into this a little bit later, but even if nobody listens to it, even if you don't put it on iTunes or anything else, you know how therapeutic this is? Mm-hmm. And it's just for you. And this is the other cool thing that I love that I've recently learned is like, bro, since we're the directors of our own lives, like you can make it whatever you want. No doubt. We we absolutely can do whatever we want. The biggest thing I've learned from my experiences and experiences with, you know, committing to a partner in life and, and that's a whole nother discussion, but just conscious choices. I just listened to one book was The Noticer, and the last book I listened on audio was Chop Wood, Carry Water. And I don't know which one it was from. It might not have been from either. But talking about how every choice, everything that we do matters. Now, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to screw up. We're going to be 18 years old and smoke a joint or something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But the point is that every choice that we make matters. You don't know how it's going to affect you. You don't know how it's going to affect others or when it's going to affect. It could be a choice when you're 25 and it shows up when you're 30. But when you when you sit down and you calm down and you say, okay, every choice that I make matters in some way, some shape, some form, that literally will change your conscious. It will change the conscious, the, the daily decisions that you make. That kind of sat me down. I was like, whoa, I'm so thankful that I learned that, that now I can go every day with making quality daily decisions. Not going to avoid mistakes, not going to avoid mess ups. You're not going to avoid arguments or fights or anything like that. But I now know that the choices that I make affect me, affect others at some point in this life that we have. And that was just huge for me. So imagine I'm someone that doesn't know who you are, doesn't know anything about Waypoint, or doesn't know anything about QBIQ, what are some things that you've learned over the last, like, year or two, you know, through either respective journeys that you might want to share with them that, you know, you find valuable? Good questions, man. So, I mean, just to just to get Waypoint into this, I would love to give them a shout-out. It's a great team. Waypoint TV is essentially the Bleacher Report of outdoor content. It is a streaming platform, a podcast network, network of social accounts, a conglomerate of outdoor enthusiasts. And that focuses on hunters, anglers, and those in the adventure space, rock climbing, surfing, snowboarding, things like that. It is a great media conglomerate. I'll say this, although it's in its infancy, one of my good friends that I met in the Keys is a co-founder, and I'm so fortunate to be able to join their team and help them in, in partnerships, bringing brands together with content producers and 
being very creative in, in how we structure things. And so it's a very, very cool atmosphere. It is the voice of the outdoors. It's got an app, Waypoint TV app. It's also can be streamed on any device, Xbox, Roku. I don't even know half of the devices that are out there available, but just waypointtv.com. You can check it out. Fishing and hunting shows right now, adventure coming on very soon. It is uh, a one-stop shop for outdoor content. Had to get them a plug in there. Uh, Really, really thankful for the team. Man, it's just really changed my world a lot in the last few months and just being around people that are committed to what they're doing and, and not being the smartest person in the room makes you a lot better every day. And that's what these guys do here. So as I said at the beginning, the QBIQ football part, the Waypoint TV outdoor adventure part kind of tie in who I am, really tie in my passions, my the things that I like to do, whether it's to go coach football or go play football or go fishing or go travel, go adventure, go hike. So it's kind of tied in my two personalities of being this disciplined mindset of a coach and then also this free spirit journeyman in the outdoor space. So both of them, although very odd, a very odd combination, really explain who I am. It's been a it's been a journey to figure that out and I really haven't figured it out a hundred percent yet. But you know what I what I've really loved in my experiences are the people that I've met through this journey, whether in the football world or or elsewhere. You know, I've also invested in a community of of faith and there's some people in that community in that circle of mine that have really impacted my life and really gave me a lot more perspective so you know it's an odd combo but it is is the best way to explain who chet walters is and that is somebody that cares and is involved in football but also passionate about partnerships and creativity and and almost no rules and figure it outness and how does this work and and wandering and curiosity thanks for listening to the community builder podcast if you received an ounce of value from this podcast share it with your friends oh yeah don't forget to leave me a five-star review i need those remember each perfectly laid brick moves you one step closer to building your community